All right. Good evening to everyone that is with us in person, online. It is the safe house. We are back up live in full effect. It is Pastor Ferguson over here with my man, the myth, the legend, Mitchell Harper. What's happening, Mitchell? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? See, look, you already got the quiet storm voice going on, man. What's going on? <laughs> I don't even be appreciating that right now, my guy. 8.9. <laughs> you know, we got to do, we got to do it. We got to do it for everybody. You know, <laughs> you know, it's slow jam. That's right. So. <laughs> it's the realest, it's the realest podcast you'll ever see in the world <laughs> of Christendom here. That's what this is. And we're here live and in person. If you're with us online, we thank, we're thankful that you're with us online. Thankful to everybody that's here with us in person as well. It, it doesn't get no better than this. Um, tonight, um, we're just preparing ourselves for what God has to say and how things are going to go. Um, just as we get started, we're going to pray here momentarily, give a few announcements, and then give some insight into how we're going to go about tonight. But before I do that, if you're online, please, please, please share, share, share. That's what we need you to do. If you're on the feed, share, 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 share with your friends, share with your neighbors, share with anybody, share the link, because we want to continue to make sure that we're making the positive reach that we need to make in cyberspace as well. If you are online, when we get to the points in what we're talking about tonight, things of that nature, Put your questions in the chat. Let us know what's on your mind, what you're thinking. We are always paying attention, and we want to make sure that we're always doing what we need to do to keep up with all of your questions, comments, things of that nature, contribute in the best way possible. So, Mitchell, if you could do something for me here, um, because people didn't see it before, I think we do need to call on the Lord up in here. So, if you don't mind, let's... All right. Dear God, we once again just gather today and, and say thank you for bringing us together and, and for this day and for bringing us here safely. Um, thank you for this church. Thank you for your word that we're about to dive into um, and help us to, to be good stewards of the church, be good stewards of the world, and to uh, never stop learning about your word. So be with us as we walk through this, and uh, this is in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are grateful for that and grateful for you being able to call on us in that way. Um, just by way of announcements, um, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone that participated this past Sunday in our worship experience. It was Men and Women's Day here at Clare. We had a wonderful time in the Lord, and I'm just glad that we were able to um, celebrate what God has been doing in our midst as a church and as a church family. Um, just grateful for how things went, um, everything from the worship to the fellowship afterwards. It meant the world in so many ways to be present with everyone. Um, as we're going along, every Wednesday, 630 is the safe house. Um, we're always online. We're still working out all the little things here and there as we are continuing to grow in this area. So I pray that everyone will make certain and be reminded always that 
We're still in the growing process. Growing pains are real. <laughs> and we're going to need that grace. Yes, we are. <laughs> we will constantly be in need of grace from everyone in every way. So just continue to just hang in there with us. We appreciate it on so many levels in so many ways. Um, also, on Saturday, it'll be week two of the Rising from the Ashes um, mental health grouping. Um, we had our first meeting this past Saturday. It was wonderfully attended. It has already done some great things for many of us, and I've heard nothing but positive feedback, so definitely grateful for that. Also, we're going to be having those sessions each week, um, each Saturday at 1 p.m. through November the 18th. So this is our first grouping, our first cohort group. So if you have not attended, please come through to attend. It will bless your life in a, in a whole lot of different ways. So definitely um, make use of that. And then, of course, this Sunday, as always, we're in worship at 10 a.m. I can't wait for this Sunday. We're going to finish off the image section of our NIL series. We took a quick week off but I'm anticipating what's coming up for this Sunday, 10 a.m. in person and online, as always, here at Clare United Methodist Church, 293 East Barthman Avenue on the south side. Random thing, but not so random. If you feel that you can be a blessing to this congregation in some way, shape, or form, to the podcast, to everything that we're doing here, you can always find a way to sow a seed financially to the church you can go online to clareumc.com and make sure that you can give in some manner, some way, shape, or form. Um, you can go to our giving tab, the tithes and offerings tab. If you want to give specifically to the area of this podcast, you can always earmark that in your giving. And, of course, if you want to mail it in, um, Clare United Methodist Church, 293 East Barthman Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43207. All right, so... I'm sounding like I'm on the radio and all that good stuff. So, <laughs> you know, you know, I was once told a long time ago, just as a light thought, I was always, I was told that I had a great voice for radio. And the good news is that I was only told I had a great voice for radio because if I was told I had a great look for radio, that would let me know that I was not a good looking man. So <laughs> I'm grateful that I have a great voice for radio and, and that I was not called ugly in advance. Okay, so we want to just go ahead and um, <laughs> just lay out a couple of extra things um, just as kind of a, not, I don't want to call it structuring because I want to make sure that everybody knows when we call this the safe house, that's what we mean. It's a safe place for you to ask the questions, to really get engaged with what the word has to say, what the word is talking about. But we want to make sure that the interaction that is had and that comes about um, is intentional in every way possible. So I want us to remember that, you know, when we kind of open up for questions and things like that, those of us that are here in person, we have newer mics, praise God. <laughs> so when you have that question and we are able to acknowledge you, please, please, please speak directly into the mic because everybody online wants to hear what's on your mind. Even if you're not seen, they want to hear what you got to say. So please Speak directly into the mic. If you are online with us, please do not hesitate to raise the question in the chat. I am so intrigued by what you have to say to the point 
where I am going to be following. Why do I follow? Because I want to make sure I am seeing every comment that comes through. I want to see everybody saying what needs to be said, putting it right here so I can see things as they come along. So we make sure that we don't miss you as well. Be intentional because what you have to say is important. All right. Now, Mitchell. Yes, sir. Um, the funny part about doing this mm-hmm. is that, you know, so far we've been kind of raising thoughts based upon previous sermons and stuff like that so far. And uh, we were in Psalm 4, verse 5 on Sunday. And if I'm honest, it's hard sometimes to preach from theme scriptures. Yes. Especially when sometimes I don't know what was the impetus behind the theme initially. And, you know, sometimes when people pick one verse, they make it all extra hard for me to study. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't complain about preaching and teaching for real, but they, they, they make it kind of hard for a brother. Be like, what's this one verse? I got to actually look up stuff now. <laughs> I got to, I got to study. And I ain't nobody trying to, ain't nobody trying to study like that. I ain't in seminary no more. That's right. <laughs> I already done graduated. You know, I done graduated. You know, they got me going through stuff. I got to figure out some Greek, some Hebrew, and, you know, and then realize that the Hebrew ain't really what I need. I got to go and see if I can find some Aramaic somewhere and all this other stuff. So sometimes I don't even know if I said anything right. You know what I mean? But hopefully I said something right. I, I just hope that I said something right. So um, you saw what I, what was being said. You know, sometimes I don't even be remembering paying attention, but I, I'm just wondering what 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 you caught because, you know, because I know you're a studious brother. Oh, yeah, sure. Very you studious. are a studious bro-ham, sure, okay? Yeah. That's why we literally have on there, we don't call you brother Mitchell Harper. We call you bro-ham. That's, <laughs> you are a studious bro-ham. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I need you to kind of help me out a little bit because, you know, I know you read, read the scripture and you listened a little bit and all that kind of stuff. So holler at me. Tell me what you... Tell me what you thought, man. Tell me what was on your brain. Tell uh, me. No doubt. No doubt. I uh, First, you said that you took a little week off from the series, and I don't know that you did. I, you know, and, and just listening to what you were saying and thinking about it in the theme of the, of the name, image, and likeness, I think that when you talk about, you know, your spirit of giving and how it changes the world, around you uh that was something that you had talked about um living into that full image it it should impact your environment and um oftentimes living into that image means being sacrificial um and that whole concept of of right sacrifice and uh and we'll we'll talk about that later but uh (laughs) um Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I, I don't. I don't know if you felt like you had. I don't know if you were trying to give a giving sermon, per se, and with it being October and all of those other things. Mm-hmm. But I think your point was much deeper than anything like that. If that makes any sense, yeah. we'll get and we'll get to all the points and everything like that. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But. Um, that whole idea of of giving as something more than just transactional 
work and and how being sacrificial of yourself i think pays dividends to the world around you um is sort of what stuck with me okay so how about you just read that theme scripture for us out of psalm 4 yes sir it's a psalm 4 1 through 5 i believe is that right i think i only read five but go ahead and read one through five actually read the whole psalm yeah because that because i think for tonight the whole the whole scripture plus a few things are going to probably jump out at us and absolutely within the context of what's already in the room i think it's going to get to be kind of interesting as well so go ahead and read that whole scripture for us if you don't mind answer me when i call to you my righteous god Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Amen. The word of God for the people, God. Thanks be to God. All right. So just as a review, for those that uh, were not with us um, on Sunday, when we dealt with this particular text, we talked about the thought was the thought was um i got to find it for myself the thought was our responsibility for a blessed outcome that was the title of the actual message and the thing that we are taking into ourselves is that we as the people of god are responsible for how our environment really plays out And a lot of people will pass that responsibility to a lot of other people rather than understand that we have a responsibility when it comes to what our environment looks like. And so God is always going to be God, but we, those of us who follow after the Lord, we are the ones that have a responsibility to see how this thing really turns out. Mm -hmm. So we have to be, we have to have, in essence, a giving spirit. This is just a quick review for those that weren't with us on Sunday. And if you didn't happen to watch or you weren't with us on Sunday, I would suggest you go back and just have a little worship on your own because we had ourselves a good old time. I don't know how well, quote-unquote, I preached, but I know that the service and the worship was on point, and it will bless your life even a few days later. Um, But here's a part of our responsibility. These are the three points, the three things that are part of our responsibility. What What are our responsibilities to improve our environment? Number one, we have to have a personal investment. We have to have a personal investment. Number two, you got to have a willingness to give. And then number three, you got to trust God to work. 
you want the environment to be a certain thing, we're responsible by having our own investment in it. We have to be willing to give, and then you got to trust God to work. So these elements are on us. Not the God to work thing, but the trust. <laughs> you got to trust that God's going to do it. It's not just giving. You have to be willing to give. <laughs> it's not just a any old investment. It is something that comes from you. It's personal. It is, it is very intentional. So with that being the backdrop, mm -hmm. and then I'll throw this in here because this quote is still sticking with me. <laughs> and then I found something else. If you haven't been following me today on social media and haven't already read it, I'll read this other thing last. But, um, but this quote from Mahatma Gandhi still sticks with me because, again, part of the study process was – finding the source of this quote that everybody attributes to Gandhi yeah. and they're so wrong <laughs> and we've been so wrong. They attribute this. They say, be the change you want to see in the world. That ain't what Gandhi said, <laughs> but this is what Gandhi said. You got short attention span. So we had to, you know, we, 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 we compressed his thought, yeah. but Gandhi said, we, but mirror the world, all the tendencies present in the outer world, are to be found in the world of our body. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. This is the divine mystery supreme. A wonderful thing it is and the source of our happiness we need not wait to see what others do. <laughs> Talk to me, Mitchell. All I can picture is is Israel. That's all I can picture. <laughs> Let's talk about it. See? And look, that's that's why I, that's why I was praying before we got on. Talk. Talk a little more. I we're 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 in there. It's I, all good. When you when you see it when you see the Old Testament, it's it's it is just Israel refusing to do what they know that they're supposed to do, and then wondering why they don't get what they think they're supposed to get. Because like, if you don't treat pe people right, if you don't understand why I have you here in the first place, to be my image bearers, to be my example on earth of you know of my image and. Y'all y'all wondering why all these bad things keep happening because you don't do what you're supposed to do. And you keep waiting for somebody else to fix it. But but Gandhi's not Christian, so he can't But he never mind. No 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 we're gonna <laughs> let no now nah, let's lay into it. Let's lay into it because that's what this is about. One of the things that one of the things that we need to go ahead and just break this stigma, okay? One of the stigmas we have in the Christian church is that when we actually recognize when wisdom is spoken and it doesn't come from our normal sources, we, don't, we suddenly don't recognize that, you know, 
you don't need to be this to make sense. One of the things that Gandhi said a long time ago that I do know for sure is that when he had conversations with people like Martin Luther King and others, that I ain't got a problem with, with Jesus. Now, this is me summing up what he said. He said, I ain't got a problem with Jesus, but I do have a problem with some of the people that say they follow him. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one. <laughs> let's, 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 let's be clear. Let, hold on. Now, now listen, before we go, before we go any further, in, in the room, if you're near a mic, <laughs> one, use the mic because people want to hear you, and two, speak directly into the mic because they want to make sure that they can hear what you got to say, and go. It needs, it needs to be some type of movement. It's a, it, it is a movement. It's called deconstruction. Oh. But, well, we don't want to talk about that. No. We can, we can introduce it. Well. And, what, and, and let, me see, let me see without assuming, when you bring up deconstruction, there's multiple ways that people can perceive it. But I would, I was, I'm thinking that when you're talking about deconstructing the thing, you're talking about basically stripping down what has been accepted to get down to what is real. Am I right? Essentially, yeah. Okay. Now, now, in a lot of instances, it causes people to walk away from the church altogether, but that's not the intended purpose. When we begin to really assess what it means to serve God, we have to we have to get back down to the to the core to the basis to the foundation and at that foundation right if i am supposed to be an individual right that is supposed to serve the lord love god all that kind of stuff if i'm supposed to be a contributor to my environment then what am I really doing to make this thing really happen? I can complain about crime in the city, right? Let's, let's, let's use this as an example. I can complain about crime in the city all day long, right? Homeowner, I don't want you on my property, all that kind of thing, yak, 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 right? However, I also know there are multiple groups and methods that are out here attempting to change at the core why we are in the position we're in, mm-hmm. right? If I don't contribute to that in some way, shape, or form, right, then why am I still complaining? If, okay, it's church time. If I say I want young people in the church, oh boy, oh here we go, and I got young people either in my house, around my house, in my neighborhood, wait for it, that actually respect me, and I have means to get to a place, and I don't pick them up 
bring them, look out for them. Do I get to complain about who is and ain't here? And do I get to complain about the pastor not bringing them here? You, you see what I mean? That's called passing the buck. No. Everybody got a responsibility, right? Let's put it like this. I know I bring young people to church all the time because the main one lives in my house. And if the main one comes because I bring them, if another one happens to be in my house on the weekend because you've seen it, guess what it usually ends up happening? They come too. There's my, there's my contribution. <laughs> my son said to me, I'll never forget it, a few years ago. He said it was hard to come to church because he didn't see enough kids looking like him in the space. That's my son saying it. He's like, I'm willing to go with daddy, but I wish something had to give. You see, what, you see what I mean? Representation matters. Oh, so there has to be what? An investment. You can't complain about a condition if you're unwilling to invest in the change of the condition. Now, does, does investment, how do I want to ask this? Does investment always require a certain level of sacrifice? Or can we invest in it? I mean, I got I got some time. Like, yeah, if you got time, that's an investment. But if you are intentional about making time for this specific thing in light of everything else, mm -hmm. I think there's a difference in those two things. Like, I have to actively choose to do this rather than saying, oh, I have the free time to do it anyway. So, like, what's that balance? What's So... I think we have to then define what sacrificial is. Sure. Sacrificial, by its very nature, is still choice. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, Jesus said to this extent, you can't take my life. I give it mm -hmm. freely. freely. Yeah. You can arrest me, all that stuff, but guess what? I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on this. I'm giving myself up now here's the key he was giving himself up knowing that legally he wasn't out of line mm -hmm. the law didn't say he was out of line every court convicted him but he really wasn't guilty <laughs> what was he guilty of but just doing what others would not they didn't like him right. but he still gave himself up what freely freely in this world, time is a commodity that you can't waste. It's all right. See, it is the realest podcast in the world. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> see, we see y'all don't realize this, but we we experience miracles at church all the time when people's phones <laughs> don't work and all of a sudden they work. <laughs> but that's it. Somebody always wants. A piece of your time. It's, right. That's a commodity. You're absolutely right. Time is a time is a serious commodity. And so when I say to people, I ain't got time to waste, I mean that. Like, I, I need to sleep. I got, look, 
give me about seven, eight hours. I need to sleep. Now I got 16 other hours. You don't, don't come up to me with no foolishness. I ain't got time to waste. But if you got to sit down and get this off your chest and talk to me about some things because you need to talk about it, guess what? That's not a waste of time. That's really an investment of time. Right. Because it's, because it's going to ultimately what? Help somebody. Right. You see what I mean? Being sacrificial, and, and, I think, and I think we have to look at it a different way where it is really lifestyle to a certain extent. I'm willing to give. And sometimes, but then this is the balance. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we're willing to give, and sometimes we're willing to give until it hurts. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a balance where it's like, don't lose, don't lose yourself, but be willing. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the willingness. That's the willingness is the balance, the investment, right? Having the investment, you know, makes the difference. So, so yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. See. I just want. I just want. Yeah, it's on. It's just they're hearing you online, but sp- make sure you're still speaking up directly into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, the person who started the misquote was Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everybody was like, yes, that sounds so great. We, we'll go with it and everything. So I just wanted to say that little bit. As to, and after you read the real one, I was like, okay, this is the same person who followed that Eckert guy. So she's not very reliable in the Christian sense anyway, either. <laughs> are, are we allowed to slander Oprah on on I ain't gonna slander her per, I, <laughs> look, look, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna slander. I ain't gonna slander Oprah, but I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't I'm gonna, not slandering her. You know. But but I, but this is the but this again brings up this again brings up how we have to be able we then have to be able to think. Mm-hmm. I keep on I keep on talking about this. I don't want people to just have faith. You've got to be able to think sometimes. So what are you what are you going to get? So so when people and I'm, I made this statement, I know I made this statement. People want million dollar ministry, but only got fifty cents worth of of effort, mm-hmm. and they don't realize. Okay, you want all this coming from this side, but what are you going to give to see this thing grow and go churches ministries businesses all kind of stuff can't go nowhere until people are what invested do you think that lack of investment comes from a lack of desire or willingness or a lack of clarity around mission yes okay all right fair enough and 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 what i mean is this People, people are unclear about the mission because we have, because we have manipulated the mission to look more like us than more than like Jesus. That was a bar. You should have so, wrote yeah, that so down. You should say that again. Yeah. Uh huh. We 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 have manipulated 
the mission to look more like us than like Jesus. And because of that, people are unclear. So, so we can talk about it. The, the statistical mission of the church. We want to have more members. We want to grow. So we have to be innovative and we have to be this and we have to be that so that we can get these numbers back up. But the mission is go and make disciples. But how many? We've got to have a specific number. The, mi- the, the mission is <laughs> go and make disciples. Now watch this. It didn't say stay and create groups. Mm-hmm. Go and make disciples. And then here's the part. When you go and actually make disciples, guess what those disciples will do? They're going to go and make disciples. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. Now, whether this place has a thousand over here that congregate on Sunday or 50 over here that congregate on Sunday, that is not the proof that of effectiveness. The mission is still the mission. And here's the funny part. The church with 50 may have actually reached 10,000. And the church with 1,000 may have only reached the 1,000 that are present. Now, on your own time, if you figured out what I just said, then you're going to know the difference between how the mission looks like Christ and then the, over the mission looking like us. I saw my, my guy, son, take the mic. Go ahead, man. That's the blue one. Not showing up? Okay. We're going to get it right. Try it again. You are so popular tonight. Um, Since we were talking about the willingness to give, um, I remember when we were uh, at Worship Sunday, you uh, brought up that it should sting when it's a a personal investment or like, you know, you you should feel something essentially. But I wanted to know, like, where do you think, because you just brought up like giving until it hurts. Where do you think the balance comes in for something like that? Where, because like, with me, I don't necessarily feel too too much like pressure to give, so that like it's something that I would feel like would help me kind of determine whether or not my investment is personal enough. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. I don't know that I you'll you'll hear this from me a lot. I don't know that I have an answer to that, but but I think that it's there's always going to be a certain level of individuality in that right so like we all have to to sort of take into account where each of us are um what is important to us what might be a little too important to us as individuals um and just just going through that discernment process with you and the lord and just say like you got to show me because there's stuff that I got to make an investment in that is not even in my 
whatever you you know in in my in my point of view right like i'm not even thinking about that but that's why you have to consistently i think be in that conversation because if you're not taking account every day there's stuff that is that you're falling short on and and it's it's not about hitting a specific mark but it's about you just being able to check in with yourself and with god and and being able to be honest about where am I not making enough of an investment? You know, where where can I take a step forward? Where can I take a step back? That's just me. That might that might not be an answer necessarily, but yeah. Which one? So should it start with a relationship is the question. Yes. I, so let's, let's, let's cross field. Romans 12, 1 and 2 mm-hmm. says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Relationship lines us up with how we present ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? I I do what I do based upon my relationship with God. That's my first investment. My first investment is I give my will over to God. So the way I operate with people is not the way that I would normally operate on my own. My favorite me, my favorite post of the day I forget, that I've put up and people have already reposted the 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 picture the quote is basically this, I forgave people that I should have hit. <laughs> I forgave people that I should have punched. <laughs> and, I, and I put a caption under it that said, basically, do you realize how much God therapy <laughs> and my environment, my circle, my support system has saved some people? There are a lot of people my my knuckles should have a lot more bruises on them <laughs> than they than they have. I I have not. I, nobody can say I got into fights as a kid. I didn't. I didn't get into fights as a kid, but that's part of the relationship with God. I should have knocked out some folk. There's some folk even right now. They they better keep on praying that they never cross my path because I'm still not certain if they ain't gonna run me my fade. Okay. I am not a pacifist. <laughs> Y'all read this shirt. <laughs> Y'all read all my T-shirts, okay? I am not a pacifist. But at the same time, the reason I ain't put hands on certain people comes to this relationship. It hurts sometimes. People be like, how does that? No, what I want to do versus what God would have me to do, mm-hmm. that's painful. You see what I mean? 
that's the pain. The pain is better. The better word is tension. Mm. That's the tension. I owe you one, but my relationship with God says that God did not deal with me according to my situation. And the grace that was shown to me is still to be offered even to those that did not deserve it, just like it was not deserved in my case. That's growth, and that's relational. Can you explain the connection between the cheerful giver and sacrifice? Because if someone is always happy to give, where does the sacrifice come in? So if we go back to the text that we just read, right? I have laid, I have, I, I am asked to give myself, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice usually means in one context there has to be a death. Think about the, the whole sacrificial nature in the Old Testament. The sacrifice of the person was the bull or the lamb out of their own flock, right? But that lamb didn't have a choice to die. <laughs> the lamb didn't have a choice to die. But the lamb is only looked at as um, property. I'm giving of property that I could have made some money off of or enjoyed eating myself. Right. <laughs> so it's only seen from that perspective. But when Paul is talking about presenting yourself, that is a free will choice. I have to choose to do it. God didn't make you do it. Paul is saying, present yourself. This is still a choice. That's the sac so then when I when I cheerfully give, the cheerful must come out of a place of I know what this produces. Right. I'm happy to do it because it is not just it's not just something I've been told to do. It's something that literally comes out of now, this is what? My reasonable. Right? If you're connecting both. If you're connecting Paul, Paul says when you give of yourself, it is your reasonable your 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 basic your baseline service am i am i making sense no i i think i think something that you said on on sunday helped me sort of sit in that that tension of of when you said i'm on, i'm on a quarter of a tank and i know i need those 50 bucks to fill up my tank but i also know that if i give this 50 bucks to somebody else that really needs it, like there, there is a distinction there to say that like I know that I need it, so it does hurt for me to give this up, but I also understand how this is a blessing for somebody else at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, I think that. And using that example, I'm, I'm speaking from a place where I know there have been moments when it's like, I know I need this. Mm -hmm. And then I really assess this thing. And I have to recall the times when God has done for me in places 
when I didn't know where it was coming from. So you, you see what I mean? So there's this, it, it, when, you, when you really give your life to Christ, and notice I didn't say join the church, because mm-hmm. those are two different things. When you really give your life to Christ, you, your mind goes through a real quick recall in certain moments. Like, there are decisions that you make in certain moments where you have this recall. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to give this to you because, and you don't tell the person why, but something in your mind recalls why it was a joy in this moment. It may have been a stretch in the moment too, but it was a joy in the moment to do it because. (laughs) But that's only for you to recall. But if you're doing it out of this or you're doing it out of I just want to look good or I'm doing this out of that ain't that ain't the joy of giving. That is the pretense of giving. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing it so I can. No. Nah. When you there's there's something about, you know, yeah. And I and I don't know if I'm really giving an answer. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I'm really giving an answer. I think it's more experiential. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have an experience. Like, there's a reason you're doing it. So, but if Paul is right, you're already positioning yourself as a giver. You're positioning yourself like, this is what I do. And I do it because, I do it not because I want to be seen, but I do it because I serve a great God. And this is what, I must do. Hmm. So, so if I can play on on her question just a little bit further, what is what is my responsibility to ensure that I am not only a cheerful giver, not only a willful, a willing giver, but also a responsible giver? in the fact that I know that I want to give, but I also know that I do still have other responsibilities to tend to, mm-hmm. um, whether that's monetarily, whether that's time, whatever it is, how do you find that balance of knowing that we also we, we do want to give until it hurts, we do want to be cheerful givers, but at the same time, I know that I can't just be out here, like, I ain't got it like that necessarily. So, like, wh- where it... What is that distinction between responsibility, faith, and whatever whatever that third thing is? Of so, I heard um, Jamal Bryant a couple of days ago in a sermon he was preaching, and it was only a piece of it that I got. But he said, you know, there are a whole lot of people that are asking God to become millionaires. Now, let me preface this: Jamal Bryant, as a preacher. As a preacher, as a teacher, as a business person, all this stuff, he can talk about things economically. But he said something very profound. He said, everybody's asking God to become a millionaire, and God can cause that to happen. But could it be, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of stuff, but it's like, but could it be that we need to, that if you're asking God for these opportunities to become this, could it be that you're asking for the wrong thing? Mm. Could it be that you need to ask God to prepare you to be a a philanthropist? 
to be to be positioned in such a way that it's not about gaining the millions, but being positioned to the point where where you are today with the current salary you have, that one day you get that amount of your full salary of what you have today in one day, and that becomes the thing on your budget line that you give away all the time. In other words, the balance is that you still have to learn how to what? Manage. Mm-hmm. God didn't say that you don't manage. <laughs> right. You, you, you still got to manage. But in managing, you manage according to you what? Your priorities. And your priorities always come up in how you what? Budget. Now, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything. Mm-hmm. Your time, your talent, your resources. People budget every day. Now, let me step all the way on everybody's toes. Okay. Oh, boy. You're in, I'm going to say it a different way because people, people lean one way or another. I said it Sunday, yes, nothing like, nothing like being in person for church. Okay? Nothing like it. But let's just say even if you can't come in person, you still go online, you still engage, you still do whatever. You're budgeting your time. Some people don't even budget time for God, period. Whether you in person at church or you online or whatever, people there are people that don't budget any time for God at all, at all. And they think that God's going to bless them when they don't make God a priority. Mm. It is not your attendance that shows priority. It is how you manage what you, you if if being in person is what gets you through, you know what I mean? If 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 being in person is what gets you through, then you are budgeting already Sunday morning, Wednesday night, <laughs> what at, at Claire, Saturday afternoon, right? Saturday morning-ish, afternoon-ish, um, rehearsals, outreach. You are budgeting your time and your effort and your talent and your this and your that. That shows what your priorities are. If you know you're going to Starbucks every single day, you have prioritized this amount to go to Starbucks. I ain't judging nobody, but that word budget is a dirty word to people. It's like, no, however you budget, whatever you budget, is it should be according to your what? Your priorities and not just randomness. So if I prioritize being a giver, then how do I budget that into every aspect of my being? You see what I mean? Sometimes you ain't going to have the money on you, but there's something in you that still has a need to give. I can't give everybody every dollar because I don't always carry cash. But what do I have? Wait, Peter said, thank you. (laughs) Peter said, when, he, when they came to the gate and they saw the man that was lame at the, at the gate called Beautiful. Come on, we gonna, I'm going to get a half preach in here. Came to the gate, saw the man lame, couldn't walk, asking for money. And what did Peter say? He said, silver and gold, I don't got it. But here's what I got. 
in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then Peter didn't wait for him to try to do it on his own. He grabbed him and he pulled him up. And the man started walking. He said, I ain't got money, but I got Jesus. And I'm going to give as it's been given to me. So whatever you budget, that has to be, you see what I mean? That has to be a part of it. So, And I think, I think on Sunday, one of your points was about that willingness to give. And, and one of the things that you said, I feel like more than once, was about giving the best that you have. Like, can you say a little more? But like, how do you, how do you how do you determine what is your best? How do you not compare it to what somebody else's best is? Um, how how do you live into that? You have to you have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think we were talking about this before we got on it before we got on tonight. Um, yeah, let's bring our conversation from earlier into the space. Yeah. We were talking about the struggle that people have with loving your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself means that it precludes that you kn- that you know how to love yourself and that you know what love is. And Gerald, I promise I'm going to get to you. <laughs> you got to you got to love you got to know what love is. But do I love myself because I really know what God made me and I love that, or I only love what other people in my environment love about me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I live into, right? So when I give, do I, turn, do I look at, do I, do I see, do I see the, the family that drops a huge seed into our church at the beginning of the year as, oh my God, they know how to get they know how to give but my little 10 or 20 dollars ain't making no difference mm-hmm. $10,000 one time is great but whatever you have <laughs> is good too but it's changing people's mentality about you can't you cannot Jesus literally lays out all these different things the woman that gave the penny, yeah. he said she gave all she had, she had, everything. And Jesus didn't require it, but because people were debating about what giving looked like, he had to lay it out for them and be like, player, <laughs> say that into the mic because that's, because that's a bar too. Yeah. Go ahead and say it. Say, it, say that, man. One hundred percent is a hundred percent. What is a hundred percent of a hundred percent? A hundred percent is a whole. Is it? <laughs> you can't. You cannot compare, because guess what? That woman was in a position she needed that penny, yep. but she made a decision saying that my penny was better served in the hands of Jesus. Do you know how deep that is? I don't know. I mean, y'all ain't going to be honest. I'll be honest. I don't know. 
if I could give everything I have and put it in Christ's hands with that kind of confidence, not because I'm not confident in Jesus, but I worry about me. That's the real. <laughs> it ain't. It, I am not concerned about Jesus doing it. I'm concerned about what it means for me to do that. And that's called honesty. <laughs> Which the saints ain't always honest. <laughs> because they, because everybody be like, well, yeah, I'll give God. No, you won't. Because if you did, a whole lot of churches wouldn't have closed. Hello, somebody. See, I'm not saying I can't do it, but I'm saying up to date. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> I haven't. Right. <laughs> It would hurt a lot, <laughs> and that's a place that I don't know if I'm ready for, so it's better for me not to worry about somebody else's lane and mind mine. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So if I haven't reached tithing status yet for a, for a myriad of reasons, I ain't going to go around and try to monitor your, count your coins. Why? I'm trying to grow into it, so let me grow into it. And guess what? God will still honor you as you grow. And then as you get keep on moving, be like, okay, now I can give that tenth for real, and it ain't hurting. Okay, bet. Hit, guess what? Open the windows, have pour out the blessing. All right, cool. And then you get extended. Now you can go beyond the tithes because when you say tithes and offerings, here's what people mess up. It ain't just it, it's the offering is above the tithe. That ain't. That ain't the minimum. The offering is actually a, is, is, is above the 10th. And everybody can't do that. Mm -hmm. And guess what else? Some instances, people can't do the 10th. So then you got the offering, and praise the Lord, they can do that. So that's, that's a whole spectrum of people. You see what I mean? But, in, but no matter what you do, right, you're minding your lane mm -hmm. and saying, God, this is where I'm at. Now that the, there was one thing, we we're getting on the getting on the time, but there's there's one thing that was interesting beforehand. I want to get I want to get to my sisters because she was she brought up something, and I think there's a way to tie it in. Oh, is is there a mic over here? Because because I because I think because it because it is relevant. It is relevant, so. Okay. Um, what I was talking about earlier is um, what's going over in, on in Israel and why are we, the United States, so involved in it. Um, I think is we got things here in our country that needs to be taken care of, and we're over there. That's what, that's what just worries, it bothers me. And that was it. The, the root text of the message from Sunday in the English Standard Version says this line, three words, offer right sacrifices. And I found that to be interesting because of the word right. 
here's the tension of of what we got going on. People don't have a right perspective about what is going on. So many people are not aligning themselves with the things that make sense. Here's the Here's the challenging thing. You had an extremist group murder people at a music festival. That was the spark. That is wrong. The retaliation should have been when you have identified who did what, it should have been to take out. This is just talking from a battling perspective. If this is who did it, you deal with the ones who did it. What people are seeing has nothing to do anymore with those that are doing that did what they did now why is that important because there is a history in Palestine And most people don't know their history. That the state of Israel is not as the nation of Israel that we study. Let me say that again. The state of Israel that was established in 1948 is not the same as the nation of Israel that we study and talk about from thousands of years before. The state of Israel was created after many Jews from different places had been scattered and were backed by people to fight off and get rid of and move Palestinians that were in that region. What is known as the state of Israel was just known as what? Palestine. And then they had the backing of certain folk and they eliminated Palestinians from their homes. That's a major part of the history. It's not being discussed because we know that the word, this word propaganda, that people don't use properly. Propaganda is constantly put into the news feed, social media feeds, and everything. So when the truth is spoken, it is always quieted, muted. So, 
there is an agreement that if somebody does a thing, you go after the people that did it. That is how that works. But what should not be is when the retaliation now causes over a million people to be blown off of the face of the earth. That's called genocide. You have an excuse to finally do what you regularly do because they're, 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 the regular stuff is when their Independence Day, their, their establishment of state comes up, they always push around and harm Palestinians. That is a part of what goes on. Now, here's what's going to happen. People are going to hear this and think I'm just talking against Israel. No. We just got here. Don't get us canceled already. No. You can't you can't you can't you can't cancel us on this. Because here's the truth. The truth is if you have reduced human beings to being collateral damage, that is not righteous. Regardless. 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 No matter what. Uh, so let's bring it home. A six-year-old in this country, Palestinian boy, was killed by his landlord, stabbed 26 times. Tried to kill the mother, couldn't kill the mother, but killed a six-year-old. So now that six-year-old that's over here in the United States could be counted among the number. I think the number is getting up to to about four. It's been up to about four or five thousand kids. We ain't talking about the whole number. We talking about children. That would be considered collateral damage. Now, what? Here's the question. And y'all ain't got to answer it. In light of what we're talking about, what then does it look like to really be the change? Because now, and, and, I, and I want people to think about this, because we're talking about we're in a society now where you have people that are unwilling to talk about this thing pragmatically. They're not going to talk about it like this because they have their own investment. The United States has an investment in the state of Israel. Regardless of political affiliation, because you can't put this on the Republicans because it is a Democratic president that said that we support Israel. And even in his statement where he said, you should not make the same mistakes we made, you've already gone too far because now you are supplying aid in the hundreds of billions of dollars to a people that are trying to blow another people off the face of the earth. So... 
in in light of what we are talking about, and I don't know if we get to if there's a question over here as well. Um, and I'm okay. Um, when you talk about right sacrifice, and maybe this is me projecting a little bit, but there's always that thing of I grew up with this weird mentality of like if I can't do it right, I'm just not going to do it. Mm. Um. And that got me in plenty of trouble, so let's not even go there. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but um, that that idea of I don't know if I if I don't know if this is right sacrifice. Maybe it feels like sacrifice, but I don't know if it's right sacrifice. So maybe I just won't sacrifice anything if I don't feel like I'm sacrificing the right thing. Right means in this instance you got to struggle with. And, th- and this part may be a projection a little bit. You got to struggle with some of this. And, and nobody wants to struggle. Yeah. And, 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 and struggle ain't always bad. You, you might need to sit with it a minute. Like, I, I, listen, I realized I had four more sermons to prepare for this year, like a few days ago. And I sat in a chair. And normally things just, normally, they just, it wasn't coming. <laughs> and and not because, not because I'm not creative and all that stuff. No, I really try to hear from God. And what's coming in the last four weeks of this year is literally out of the tension of struggling with what's happening overseas within the context of it happening during Advent. That gives you a short preview. I'm struggling because what would it look like? What does it sound like when you got to deal with a world in the midst of a season that's coming where hope is supposed to exist and hope came from the region that's going through and basically burning down and you still got to find hope there. Mm-hmm. That's a struggle. So I, I'm not, look, it ain't one of those fast ones where God, it's like, it's just opening up. God's literally been like, nope, hold up. I want you to struggle a minute. And it's, and it's a good struggle. So hear me when I say this. Even with matters of what's happening overseas and all that other stuff, if something is pulling at your heart saying, there shouldn't be, this shouldn't be happening to another human being. Mm-hmm. Sit with that a minute. Yeah. Not don't don't just try to come to a conclusion. Sit with it a minute. Struggle with it a minute. Because yeah, we sometimes there are no answers. That, there's no instant answers. Yeah. But sometimes you may have to be like, I wonder what God is saying to me mm-hmm. and how I deal with this. And if I can't go overseas with that, how does what I feel when I see these images? How does that impress upon me in the environment I'm in here? Mm-hmm. So we got a we got a, we got one. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So there is one question that came up. Um, it was from uh, YouTube. Okay. Uh, what if my neighbor is my enemy who is killing me? Say that one more time. What if my neighbor? Is my enemy who is killing me? 
Yeah, that was your dad. I'm about to say I'm only gonna give him a hard time because I because I I know him and I'm gonna say your neighbor and your enemy are two people who Jesus specifically tells you what to do with. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I love you, Dad. That's love. <laughs> love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute. Who persecute. Mm-hmm. And that's a struggle. That's a struggle. All of it is a struggle. And 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 this is why we have this podcast. This is why we have you 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 don't have to you don't have to have all the answers. But struggle with it a minute. Jesus would say that, you know, you show hospitality to somebody that's going to mess with you, that in doing so it's like heaping coals of fire on their head. Say that, that again. Say that again. I mean, that's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm – well, let me – okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make this timely. Because we're we're getting to the getting to that point, we're maybe almost past that point. But the, and Gerald's been so patient with his question over here. Did you, did you still have that question, or did you? I, because I want to get it. I want to get it in before I say this last thing. I think it's more of a, uh, like you said earlier. I think it's it's a, a critical thinking issue. I think it's more of uh, wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. I think we we learn, a lot of us have the opportunity to learn, and with information being instant the way that it is today, the ignorance factor is no longer as much of a factor. The opportunity to meet Jesus is afforded to almost everyone now. Information about Christ is afforded to almost everyone now. Now it's about what you do with that information. What 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 do you do with this with this knowledge? What when it comes to you, or, or do you capitalize on it? And um, when it's not capitalized on, it, I guess my question would be: with it being available to everyone now, not like it was when our parents and grandparents were coming up to that degree and even before then. Why is it so difficult to have cheeks to turn? <laughs> because because we're a culture we're a culture that when you know better, you do better. Now, now, just go with me for a minute. I ain't gonna let you abuse me. Yeah. And it's not even about retaliation. But it's not. But here's the other piece. It's not even about retaliation. Watch this. I'm not gonna let you abuse me. So before. You even swing. I'm establishing out the gate that you're not going to cross this line. 
now it actually ties into what I was about to say. What I dealt with over a year and a half ago was dealing with somebody that kept crossing a line. And I refused to allow that person to keep crossing the line. So my retaliation was not towards them because I didn't retaliate. I made a definitive stance that said, I refuse to deal with anyone who will attempt to abuse what they believe is theirs. Now, mm-hmm. that's, that's profound, and I, I'm, I'm glad that you, you took it that direction to tie it into what Brother Mitchell was talking about. Um, okay, you, you've you set your line of demarcation. You, you've drawn your line in the sand. sure that I'm asking the question I actually want to ask. None of us want, none of us here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. None of us here want to sin. Yeah. Knowingly. Yes. (laughs) There is a butt coming. The question was, what if your neighbor is is doing it? We know what we're supposed to do. We've drawn that line. We've taken that stance. How far is protecting the line okay until we start feeling like we are? Amen. So... So here's so there is actually a scripture component. Jesus sent disciples and people out two by two. Go out, preach, teach, heal the sick, all that kind of stuff. Don't take anything extra on your journey. We 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 get all that stuff. Jesus actually gives us a way to deal with it. Jesus said this, if you are not received, dust off your shoes. Because when you do that, it is a testimony or an indictment towards that house. I have the right to walk away. Because it shows what that house did or did not do. In order for me not to sin, come on, come on, Psalm 4. Here it is. Be angry, the verse before in verse 4. Be angry and do not sin. You are allowed 
to feel what you feel. But do not sin. In other words, when I dust my feet off, it doesn't mean I was happy to do it. I'm probably upset that you didn't want me around. I'm probably real mad that I even used any of my gift in your presence for the way that you treated me. But the response is, dust off and walk off. Because if you're really doing the things of God, that which is on your life will always outshine how you were treated in a space where you weren't wanted. And here's the problem. Too many people want to fit into spaces that God never said for you to plant yourself. Mm. It's getting real in here. Give me, t- give me, give me sixty more seconds because I just, I'm having a real moment. Mm-hmm. Jesus sent them out, and they eventually would have to what? Come back. He didn't send them out to be planted. He sent them out to do the work, and then eventually come back. But if they weren't going to accept the work i.e. you living out what Christ had put in you, then your response is supposed to be what? Dust off and walk off because you still got what? Work to do. And that person, regardless of how they treated you, was still made in the image of God. Yes. And so retaliation or, or revenge or whatever that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. The laying on of hands. Amen. Um, but if I, if I know that I'm made in the image, I have a responsibility to treat this other person who was made in the image the way that God would expect me to treat them, regardless of what they've done. And that person, I still. And that, and and what happened? I'm over what happened, but being in that person's presence is difficult. I'm just being honest. Yeah. And and they may not think it's difficult because they have quote unquote forgotten about what their part is. It wasn't that big of a deal. It no no no. But for me, I have to still be what God made me to be regardless because I walked away from it knowing that God was going to keep me regardless. And the evidence shows God is still working. So I'm not telling you something that I heard. I'm telling you something that I for real know. Mm-hmm. There are people in my, and not just that instance, but there are other people, and you are one of my oldest friends. You know, there's some people that we were around that could catch this fade today for stuff they did 20 or 30 years ago. <laughs> they can get it. And I'm in my grown man body. If they got it now, it would be attempted murder. That's right. Look, look, everybody got nervous. I said it. Don't get nervous. But that's, but that's, that is as real as it gets. They could get it now, but I'm still not going to give it to them because 20, 30 years later, we're probably different people. Mm-hmm. And why would I, why would I go back to try to get something? That doesn't even apply to me no more. Yeah. 
let me end on this point. Yes, sir. Because I, I want to I wanna give this to y'all. This is, this is my old school thought of the day. If when you give the best of your service, telling the world that the Savior has come, be not dismayed when men don't believe you. He'll understand and say, well done. Misunderstood the Savior of sinners. Hung on the cross, he was God's only son. Oh, hear him call his Father in heaven. Not my will, but thine be done. If when this life of labor is ended and the reward of the race you have run, oh, the sweet rest prepared for faithful will be his blessed and final well done. But if you try and fail in your trying, hands sore and scarred from the work you've begun, take up your cross, run quickly to meet him. He'll understand and say, well done. Oh, when I come to the end of my journey, weary of life, and the battle is won, carrying the staff and the cross of redemption, he'll understand and say, well done. The bottom line is, after it's all said and done, the God we serve, if we understand who our God is and just do the best we can with what we got, we do it not for anybody else, but so that our God will say, well done. Thank everybody for being on with us tonight. Mitchell, always good to hang with you, my friend. Likewise, likewise. And as we go tonight, remember all the announcements prior. And for everyone that may have come on late or if they are coming on or if they've come on and this is the recording from earlier, thank you for just engaging in such a powerful way. Even if you're coming on and it's the recording, just make sure you leave a comment, leave question you never know it may come up on the next safe house podcast so tonight lord we thank you for what you've done for what you speak into our lives for the conversation that's been had for the thoughts that have been challenging and maybe even to some point incomplete we know that you are still working on us and we know that sometimes what we think is not going to always end up being concrete. But, Lord, we thank you that you're helping us to actually think about it. While we sit in the tension, God, I ask that you would help us not to give up while in the tension, but to learn how to feel it, experience it, and then see you beyond it. Bless your people tonight that have come. Bless your people that have been online with us. Bless us in our going out and our coming in, as only you can do. Thank you for being the kind of God that cares about everything mm -hmm. concerning us. We love you and we bless you. In the name of the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the Victor of Calvary, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship and then be back with you next week.
for episode four of the safe house. Yeah. Good night. Mm-hmm. Night, y'all. <laughs>